is the Big Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here today. Um, today is the culminating message panel of waiting, dating, and marrying. And those of you that are watching online, we just want to welcome you today. It means so much to our church that every week you're tuned in, whether you can be with us physically or not. So welcome to you. I just have to say real quick. What are you going to say? This morning, Pastor Rich and I were a perfect example to our marriage crew leaders how important communication is. I almost chased him down and beat him up because I had it all communicated and clear that they were sitting on the front row and he moved them over there. And I was like, no, no, I've got seats for you over here. And they were like, Pastor Rich said. And I was like, okay. Pastor I'm about to get Rich beat up said, for something. I didn't even know I did. So I. <laughs> If Pastor Rich said, then that's what we're going to do because I'm the submissive wife. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) no, really, um, it it was kind of funny. And Tommy said, he said, you need to use that. Hello. We might have to use our big boy. Oh, here we're back on. I got a big mouth, so we won't, might not even need these. Anyway. But how many, seriously, how many of you all enjoyed this whole series we've been in? It's been really good. Uh, I mean, we've had great messages. Taylor did an awesome job. Pastor Mindy brought to fire on a subject that we needed to talk about in the church. And Forrest tried to be funnier than me last week. If you're watching Forrest, Forrest, you, you tried, funny. but you just, mm, no. Forrest was awesome. Uh, I'm really excited about their church they're planning in Frankfurt. So let's get started with today. Are y'all ready for today? All right. Good morning, Big Church. My name is Tommy. This is my lovely wife, Leanne. We've been married for 14 years. And they asked us to share a fun fact. So, I mean, generally, we're just fun people, so that's a fact. But, um, no, we actually climbed the tallest mountain in Colorado, which is the tallest mountain in the contingent United States, just outside of Alaska. It sounds better than just Colorado, but but yeah, that's awesome. Good morning, Big Church. How's everybody doing out there? Um, My name is Brandon. This is my beautiful wife, Casey. Um, We have been married for four years in April, April 7th. Yes, it's been a fun time. It's gone quick. Um, Fun fact, I actually have two fun facts. Sorry. Little surprise here. Um, so our first fun fact is that we're both deaf in one ear. So I'm deaf in this ear. She's deaf in her right ear. So that's why we're sitting like this. So if you're ever talking to me and you're talking over here and I look at you and I just do this, I didn't hear you. Just just know that I'm not trying to be rude. Um, our second fun fact is that uh, Casey maybe can share that. Um, when we got engaged, Brandon actually took me skydiving, but he didn't tell me that we were going to go skydiving. So he took me and we went skydiving and then proposed after we landed. Oh, I love that. And the night before, I tried to break up with her to see if it was real. It didn't work. You could put a backpack instead of a parachute. Yeah. You could have got out of it really quick. I had to test it out, you know. That was a That's joke, y'all. Married Chill to. a little bit. Uh, I'm Pastor Rich, and this is my beautiful wife gazing into my eyes right now. I don't know if that's a gaze or like you better shut up and say what I tell you to say, but 
But this is my lovely wife, Mindy. We've been married for almost 10 years, and uh, it's been the greatest 10 years of my life. It's been the cha most challenging 10 years of my life. I don't know if he's kidding. When aren't I? Right? No, well, seriously. we're gonna jump right in. Oh, fun, oh fact. fun fact. Go ahead. We both like the beach. No, love, love. We both love the beach. Yeah. Let me just tell you, she loves the beach. It's not even a word. I think she loves the beach more than me. I'm really, if we did, but um, we both love the beach. You could have said no way, honey, but let's go, let's go. Well, we're gonna jump right in today because I know the inquiring minds want to know. So I'm gonna start with the Haymans and I wanna ask you, what is the hardest thing about being married? Um, I would say one of the hardest things is being selfless. Um, you have to really put that person's want and desires above your own. And sometimes that's hard to do. That's my hardest thing. Yep, and as far as communication, uh, I know for us, it's just the, I think it's the biggest thing. It kind of touches every part of a marriage um, is communication. And we've had to intentionally work on that because when you're, when you're in a silo, when you're, you're by yourself, when you're single, uh, you don't have to communicate as much. Right. But once you become a, yeah. you become one, right? So if you're not on the same, accord there's going to be issues that just inherently happen so i think communication is really something that has been the hardest for me more so than her but for both of us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what about you Dan? yeah i can add to the communication thing i think that's hard especially in the busy culture that we live in we're all so busy and just trying to stay on the same page with things um i kind of ratted you out Pastor, when, Pastor Rich. Thanks, when, Tommy. I appreciate she, it. Yeah, so sorry. It was my fault. But, you know, we can relate with the communication thing. It's like, it's so important just to talk about everything and share everything yeah. together so, so that we know where each other's at all the time and don't just get caught up in the busyness. And I just want to add, like, during different seasons of our marriage, there have been different difficulties. So mm -hmm. communication is something that's big for us right now. Now that we have a child, it's a lot harder to find yeah. the time to communicate clearly. Yeah. So that's been a struggle for us in this season. Yeah, so good. What about you, Pastor Rich? What's been the hardest part about being married to me? Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, set the timer back about 25 minutes, please. Um, just kidding. Uh, here's y'all. Y'all taking the Enneagram? Anybody out there? Raise your hand if you have. Okay. She's an eight. Do y'all know what an eight is? Okay. I won't tell you. I'm a nine. She is like, I'm, I look at her and I say, chill out a little bit. And she looks at me and says, will you get it together? Come on. We got to go a little faster. So the hardest thing about our marriage has been blending our personalities because we are, we are a lot alike, but then again, sometimes we are way polar opposites. So, but here's the good thing about it is I need a kick in the butt every once in a while. Come on, don't you nod, you need a kick in the butt. Also, she lets me take naps uh, very, all the time. So I love her for that. But that's, that's kind of the biggest thing is just trying to mesh our personalities. I agree. Okay, so Aren't you what- you gonna say anything? I, I mean, our, the hardest thing for me has been communication because uh, I over-communicate and he 
hardly communicates. And so he thinks he's... I do it badly. Yeah. Like last week in Circle Up. He threw uh, our guest speaker under the bus, and they didn't even really know each other that well. And I'm like, oh, cringing. He laughed. (laughs) He did laugh. So um, anyway... Um, what is the most rewarding thing to you guys about being married? Um, I feel like I have a built-in best friend 24-7. And so when you always know that you have someone in your corner supporting you, encouraging you, and just pushing you to pursue God in um, more ways, that's a really great feeling. Yeah, I, I agree. Just the, the ability to share everything together and just grow with each other and grow closer to God with each other. I think that's, I would say, the greatest. And I agree. Best friend is great to have, um, but also you get to see different parts of their lives and how they evolve throughout their life. Me and Brandon met in college, so we were early 20s, and you know we were in a different season than we are now. So it's just really cool to see that person grow and evolve during their life. Um, someone to share life with, someone to share goals with, um, you know, basically someone to, again, push you when you need to be pushed. And our goals are, sometimes our goals aren't the same, but um, I, I really kind of, I, I enjoy life with her because it's, it's challenging all the time. <laughs> Y'all supposed to laugh. It's challenging 95% of the time, but she's an awesome woman, and I, and, the, and I just, she's my buddy, too. I like to go to the beach with her. I'll tell you, for me, um, he's my biggest hype man, and I mean that with all my heart. If I dream it, he will get behind it and say, do it. He's not always wanting to be right there with it, but, I, I mean, even at the photo shoot on the beach, because, you know, we love the beach. I love the beach. Um, the wind wasn't enough. And so the photographer said, get behind her little kimono and throw it up. And I chose that picture, but she cut him out. And I said, can you please put that back in? Because it's just such a depiction of our relationship that he, I I just always know no matter what, I can count on him to be my hype man. So I love you. Hey, I took some killer pictures out there, too. I took some better than the photographer did. Okay. Really? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go to the Haymans first. How do you guys keep God in the center of your marriage? Yep. So I think it goes back to before marriage, honestly, um, and, and being on one accord even before getting married and understanding what keeping the main thing the main thing, right? Um, coming to church. Um, praying together, being around godly counsel. I think that has really been the biggest thing that's kept our marriage focused on God, right? Um, And not only hearing things that people tell us about, hey, keep God first in your life, but actually trying to apply those things, right? Like on a practical, like, what can we do together, right? And like, one thing that is, is preached here is like, come down and get prayer. Like, we get prayer. We got little things going on. We say, let's get prayer. Yeah. Amen. 
we've seen God come through so many times when we get we get prayer when we get prayer and we we submit it to Him. Amen. We we hold hands with somebody else and we say, Hey, this is what we're going through right now. We need prayer. We need God, right? Um, and that's been huge for us. Well, Matthew six thirty three says, "Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously." And he will give you everything you need. And that's what you've done by keeping God in the center of your marriage. How about you guys? Yeah, I think uh, some of the same things. But I think also, like, you know, in the busyness of life, we, we also, like, how many of y'all love crew out there? Like, we, we have crew sometimes just me and her, like, just talking about what God's doing in our lives, what, you know, what we've been praying about, what God's showing us. And just like talking about it, you know, asking each other different questions and just, you know, having fellowship, uh, but also just keeping our individual relationships with God uh, in, in focus and in priority um, and then coming together. Do you have anything to add? I'll just add that we never make any major decisions without praying about them first. Like um, that's just a huge part, just making sure you're on the same page and um, that you're both seeking God on those whatever decisions you have. How you keep God first is you have to understand that that relationship's eternal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, one, uh, this one can come and go, and in the world that we live in today, we know that it, it can go fast if, we, if you want to, but God is the one that's eternal. So as long as you put your focus on him and his relationship, let's seek the kingdom first. Do, the, do those things first. And I think it's not good. If, if your relationship with God is not good, None of your relationships are going to be right. good. That's right. I mean, with your kids, with your spouse, with your employees, with anybody, if you don't have it right with him, it's not going to be good. So I think you've got to, each day, you've got to pray. You've got to read your word. And this is the preacher coming out. You've got to read your word. You got to, and you've got to go to church together as a family. You know, there's something about assembling together. And I know COVID has kind of made it a little bit, you know, a little bit harder. But there's something about being in the house of God together as a family that changes a lot of things, I'm telling you. Um, so I think those three, those three things are good. And the word says, me and my house will serve the Lord. And you guys, I, I mean, I want to speak to some parents out there that your kids are kind of away from the Lord. If you will raise them, they will not depart according to the word. It's a promise. You can stand on it and uh, they will return. So those of you that kind of feel weary in that, Just keep standing on the promise, speaking it back to the Lord. God, I know you promised me that they'll be back. Listen, I do it all the time. I'm believing. Okay, so what are some boundaries you guys have in place to protect your marriage? I'll start with you guys. I mean, I think we have the obvious boundaries. Um, We do not have close relationships with people of the opposite sex outside of our mutual friends that we spend time with together. Um, That would be the obvious thing. Uh, I think we have really good boundaries around our time as well. We try to make sure that we're um, carving out quality time with each other and not saying yes to too many good things in our life because you can get too involved in good things and then you don't have time for each other. So we've learned over the years to make that a priority for our relationship too. I agree with everything Leanne said. Um, On another aspect, financially, 
have a financial threshold um, before we spend a certain amount of money, we have to communicate that with each other. Um, and then as far as just boundaries with each other's like trust and passwords and stuff, like I know his password to his phone um, and he knows my password, not that we like need to, but yeah. Oh, we share each other's location so I can always know where he's at. Um, Cause I'm, I like to know, usually he's at home or playing pickleball. Um, no, I, I would just say, going back to Leanne's point, is just like, when you're with the opposite sex, make sure, and you're, you're by yourself, like, it's clearly platonic. There's not, not even the appearance, right? And that's, right. and that, and, the, and, it, and if it's past appearance, then it goes to your mind that it's past appearance. So you, you have to be very careful, you have to be very intentional. Um, boundaries, and, and this is kind of for our men here, too, like, boundaries, we talked on this in, in previous messages, but I, I had to get off of social media. I only get on social media to post her birthday post pictures. Or something. Somebody tells me, hey, you need to post something, like, I'll, I'll post it, but I can't be on social media. That I figured out, hey, that, that's not for you. You can't be on social media. Like, so you have to create your own boundaries in your lane, and then you have to create boundaries together, so. So good. Kind of the same, uh, same with this, you know, phone and uh, passwords and all that. But also, I wrote down here Fridays. Fridays are supposed to be our day off. Uh, and so many times you get busy. I know. Uh, I'm getting stank eye up here. But Fridays are supposed to be our day off. But, you know, you get so busy trying to get this done. I mean, working over here and she's doing this that... Uh, I think that you, uh, you have to have some time together. You have to have, carve out some time to spend with each other each week, even if it's just a few hours, because you get so busy before too long, you become a roommate. Before too long, you become, you become disconnected, and then when you get disconnected, that's when a lot of bad things can happen in your marriage. So I would say just carve out that Friday, so we got a date next Friday. No, you're gonna be gone. You might be seeing your grandbaby next Friday. By the way, I'm a new G. Uh, so I love you. Say goodbye quickly because I'm getting on the road to see him. No, I'll, I love you too. Um, but uh, one boundary for us and I recommend for all of you that are married or dating is date your spouse. No kids, you and your spouse, you and who you're in relationship with. Listen, if you don't take care of this relationship, you're not going to have a relationship when your kids move out and move on. And I know, like, all of my kids are grown and out of the house. And I, if we didn't have, if I didn't like him, because I've spent my whole life investing in my kids, what would have ended up happening is I'm living with and married to somebody I don't even have a relationship with anymore. So I'm just going to challenge you to do that. Make sure that you're spending quality time alone with them and having conversation. Can I just tell you, everybody, everyone up here on this stage and you all married, nobody's got a perfect marriage. Everybody's struggling with something. Everybody has issues. And, and that's when, just because we're standing up here in the spot or sitting up here in the spotlight doesn't mean that we got it all together. Because as you heard a few months ago, we talked about our, our struggles and our things that we go through too. So I just want you to give you encouragement that, that uh, just to keep going and let God be first in your marriage and it'll work out. 
I'm gonna read a couple of scriptures. Uh, they're not on the screen because we're gonna, we're gonna ask you guys to actually open your Bibles. You don't have to today, but I'm actually start opening your Bibles and reading your Bibles. So many times we come in and, and I asked her, I said, we're gonna have something on the screen. She's like, no, I really wanna challenge them to start looking for the, verse, looking for the Bible verses themselves. So let me read to you Philippians 2, 3. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. There's a rough one right there. Ephesians 4.2 says this. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. That's Bible right there, y'all. So what was the question? So how do you put these scriptures into practice? I'm going to start with you guys first. Yep. So most or some of y'all may know our story, but like we were living in Birmingham and Philippians 2, 3, the verse that was just spoke um, was the verse that I had to like ingrain into my system because it says value others above yourself. And then when I, I looked at the others word and I literally wrote down the scripture, wrote it down. God keeps putting this on my heart. And the other's word was really tripping me up because it was others, as in anybody. And then I was like, well, if I'm gonna love anybody above myself, why should I not love my spouse above myself? And I focused it so much on her and I and I really like just submitted it to, to, to God and said, hey, do what you want. I'm gonna put others, including wow. my wife, above myself and, and and that was part of our move here was like submit and letting go and he's just made made a way just made a way i think it's it's always a challenge because you know the bible have, says we have what we call flesh and it's just something that it's just we're, we're always we have that um, you know selfish nature um, but i think just your relationship with god going back to that i mean Jesus was the most unselfish. I was, he gave of himself, gave his life for us and keeping that a focus. Uh, but also just like thinking of your spouse when you're not with her and praying for her, look, thinking about her needs, I think is, is key. Uh, did you have anything? Um, we actually talked about this in our crew last week, so it'll be a repeat for you guys. But um, just a practical thing that we do, we have conversations. We try to do it every week um, just about like, how can I help you this week? What, what does your calendar look like? How can I help um, take some of that load off of your plate? And, you know, we, we just try to have honest communication about what we need so that neither one of us is feeling overwhelmed and so that we're continuing to serve each other in practical ways. Um, one of the things, that, one of the ways that we put these into practice is like understanding the other. You know, uh, uh, last week, he just really snapped at me. And that's not normally his nature unless we're in a knockdown, drag-out fight. He's just always real gentle. And uh, he was just not being gentle. And instead of me, like, letting that trigger me and pull me into fighting with him, I was like, what's going on? What's the root of what, what you're going through right now that makes you snap that way? And it, it irritated him at first, but then he saw that I truly cared and to listen to what he was going through. And he was like, I'm just overwhelmed. I've got uh, 
preaching to do. We're trying to get that done. You want to go on, go to the beach. We've got an RV to do. We're about to have a grandbaby. And he's just started naming all this. And I saw the stress and I asked that question. Well, what can I do? to take that, some of that off your plate. And he does that for me so many weeks. He'll see me stressed and he'll say, what can I do to take off your plate this week? And that's serving the other, preferring them more than yourself. And let me tell you that a few years ago, that wouldn't have happened and we would have no. got into a major fight, um, major. But I saw that she really did care about what I was going. And after that, I had a little meltdown. I cried a little bit and... Uh, after about 10, 15 minutes, I was feeling quite a bit better. So uh, that really worked. And so I'm telling you, sometimes, you know, guys, sometimes your lady just wants to talk to you. They don't want your opinion. They just want to talk to you and talk and talk and talk sometimes. But sometimes you just, I'm, just, I'm being real, y'all. Uh, sometimes you just got to let them talk and get it out. And, and sometimes in the middle of it, I'll say, do you want me to help you with this? Or do you just want to vent? And a lot of times she'll just say, no, I just want to talk. I'm good. Okay, this is a big one because you're all in love and giddy and, oh, he's the best thing in the world. She's the best thing in the world. What do you do when the romantic feelings take a back seat to life? I'm going to start with you guys. Yeah, I think it goes back to what, Mindy, what you were saying earlier about dating your spouse um, and having those boundaries to not overcommit yourself to other things, but making sure you make that time a priority to spend with your your spouse and uh, going on dates. You know, still still dating. It doesn't end at marriage. You keep that going. Good. And uh, sometimes life gets gets away, and you realize like we need to spend some, some time together. Yeah. It's been too long. We need to have okay. a date night. So. And th that's why it's so important to make sure that when you're dating, um, it's not just all about the romance and mm. the attraction for each other because that does change, you know, as the years goes, go on. So before you get married, make sure there's more to your relationship than just attraction. That's so good. And I'll say with kids, it's hard. With two young kids, it's hard to make time for that. So just being intentional with your time in the week where you can um, do what you need to do. Uh, so, yeah, just set, being intentional and setting, side time, setting time aside for you. I would also say um, you want to, you want to, you want to, um, oh, can y'all not hear us? Oh, okay, we're good now. All right, we're good. Um, you want to spice things up sometimes, um, oh. do something different. Oh. Uh, don't be bland, Jan, and don't be, you, do, oh, plain Jane, sorry, I, we always, don't be plain Jane sometimes, don't, I, I'm trying to get the name one right, but the, the guy's name right, but I don't, I mean, don't be boring, like, don't, sometimes you gotta spice it up, like that, I mean, I know we went on a date one time, and we acted like we didn't know each other, we went on a first date, but we had been dating for, I don't know how many, how, how long at that point. But just do something different, right? Like, you got to really be intentional. Like, it's work. Like, it can be fun, you know, and, and sometimes it's business, sometimes right. it's pleasure. Like, you got you to gotta make sure you know which one it is. <laughs> do you want to answer this? <laughs> is this thing where it's working now again? Um, I think that you have to be friends 
I mean, you have to be friends. And uh, like those feelings will come and go and the things, your body's changed, things change in your life. But um, I can also say that I, I love to be around my wife. Most of the time. But uh, I think just being friends is the biggest thing. Well, he said that because he's not romantic. So um, what we do is if, we, if I'm feeling like, hey, I want a little romance in our life, then I plan it and I make sure that there's romance because sometimes, girls, we just want to be romance. I buy my own flowers sometimes. Sometimes he buys me flowers. But, you know, we just, like Pastor Brandon was saying, we spice it up, whatever that looks like. And girls, ladies, it's okay if you have to lead in that area. We get it real twisted sometimes where we're expecting the man to do everything because he's the leader of the home, but it may not be his strength. And it's okay if it's yours. Okay? Okay. Um, um, so I, I think we answered both those questions in one. So how do you work through a spouse who is struggling and not wanting to have sex? Um, I think, first of all, I think biblically, you know, we know that you're not supposed to withhold from your spouse, but also you don't want to take advantage of that, that scripture. Um, so you obviously want to respect and honor each other, but I think, uh, you know, you have something to add to that. Yeah, I think... Um depending on the situation, like I don't know the context of this question, but there could be other things in play, but it's so important to communicate. So just be honest with each other about the needs that you have. And um, if you still have a spouse who isn't, you know, on board, I guess, with that, I think seeking godly counsel is a wonderful idea for that situation. Um, we're going to just reiterate that, that seeking godly counsel, if that's, if that's really an issue, like first communicate, and then if that doesn't work, you can talk to somebody. And that, that honestly, you have, to, you have to make that commitment as, as a couple and as a married couple, I would say. Well, communication is the biggest thing. When you do marriage counseling, it's usually the one that goes in every single category. But I also think that you, you do have to talk about it, but you can't let anger or bitterness take root, too. Because a lot of times you let that take root and all of a sudden, you know, I mean, she could have uh, harbored things towards me and not liked me for anything. I could, I could harbor things towards her. And before too long, you've built up these walls and it's hard to knock those walls down. I mean, uh, so I think that's the biggest thing. Just don't let it all uh, fester. Mm -hmm. So good. I don't have anything to add to that. Can it I, is, goes all the way down to communication. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. Uh, just take a little quick step back. Um, all, yeah, a little James Harden on it. Um, in and out, Euro. Um, anyways, to go, not to go off on a tangent, but uh, marriage counseling, like, don't be ashamed. Like, we get marriage counseling. We need somebody to pour into us so we can pour into others. Like, we don't don't be ashamed, especially the men. Like I was not, I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was not about it. I was like, nah, mm -hmm, I'm good. Casey just went up, signed us up. I said what? <laughs> it was it was it was 12:30. Knocking on the door. I said, hold up. 
Okay. But it's been um, amazing for our marriage. Amazing. So I just wanted to go back in. Yeah, I think that's true, too. Just to add to that, like, I think, you know, there's a stigma about counseling that, like, it, it takes you to humble yourself to seek someone else's wisdom, but it's easy for someone else on the outside to be looking in and help give you the wisdom that you might need. And the Bible talks about counsel over and over and over. If you read Proverbs, it says, you know, the wisdom is in the mouth of multitude of counsel. So I think it's, it's huge. So whether it's men with men or both of you together or women with women, you know, I think that's huge. So, so good. So you guys just answered the next question without answering the next question, which was, what is your best piece of advice for people who are struggling in their marriage right now? So number one, it's accountability. Number two, it's getting godly counsel. It's getting counseling. And the only thing I want to add to counseling is make sure it's from a Christian source. Because if you don't, they might have a worldly view of how to uh, make your marriage work that will not work in God's kingdom. So make sure that it is somebody. And, and, and I, I mean, I know that they uh, will do that. I'm just saying that to everybody else. So you guys do marriage counseling. Have you guys done marriage counseling? Same. So there's no shame in your game. Go get help when you need help. Can I add one more thing to it? I think that what you do, what you see there is if you're struggling, you gotta not say it's all their fault. Oh. I wrote, it's not all their fault. I used to love to say it's all her. If it hadn't been for this woman, you gave me God. That's what Adam said in the garden. Didn't y'all know that? Um, <laughs> But it's not all their fault. And so sometimes you have to take accountability and, and, and say, okay, you know what? I, I was wrong in that. And that's been a hard one for me sometimes. I'm bullheaded and stubborn. But, you know, it's not all her fault. There's a lot of things, like me snapping that day, it was, had nothing to do with her. It had all to do with me. So uh, it's not all her fault. Um, and you hear the saying with marriage that it's 50-50, wrong. That is a myth. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's 100-100. And so I want you to understand that too. You can't just go halfway. You've got to go all the way. And sometimes it's more than other times. And just be committed to that. Can I share something? Please. Um, I w- this used to be a struggle for me, um, but I read this this week and it said, Prayer is our weapon, but godly counsel is a strategy. And so pray, um, you know, prayer is a huge weapon for your marriage. Um, Obviously, the Lord can intervene. He can give you revelation. He can show you things and give you wisdom. But seeking godly counsel is a strategy that he will use to give you all of those things as well. Well, everyone says that God hates divorce. Oh, you're doing that one? Go ahead. Oh, we did skip How do one. you fight fair? We can't skip that one. Everybody wants to know that one. They answered that Everyone one. already knows how bad we used to fight. So let's turn it over yes. to the Haymans. How do you fight fair? Well, I want to give you all a practical way to fight fair. Um, something that we learned in our premarital counseling was withholds. And so a withhold is when I tell Brandon um, one thing that I like that he's doing. And he has to respond. Thank you. 
And then one thing that kind of upsets me or I don't like or is really bothering me, and he has to respond. Thank you. And then I follow it with one more positive thing. Um, so that could look like, I really liked how you took the trash out today. Thank you. I really did not like how you sat in the shower for 45 minutes while I was downstairs with both the kids trying to get them ready for church this morning. Thank you. And then another positive thing. So that's just a practical way that we like can communicate and fight fair. I seem to say thank you a lot. <laughs> Yeah, we do this. It's not just her giving it to me. We're going, we're going back and forth. So she's got some stuff, too, but we don't have time for that. Um, maybe another time. But uh, fighting fair, just, just making sure, I mean, it might be obvious, but it may not be. Uh, don't use the D word. Ne never use the D word. D word. Be strategic. If, you're gonna, if, if we're having a conversation and she's had a long day at work and she's been with the kids all day and she walks in the door and I say, hey, I got this bone to pick with you. Like, that's not the time to do that. Like, you need, I'm, I'm going to butter her up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean the house a little bit, light a candle. Say, hey, can we talk about this, right? It's not about what you say, it's how you say it. I know everybody's heard that, but it's, it's so, it rings so true, right? And when you fight, you got to be intentional. Like, you got to be strategic. Like, you don't go into a battle with no plan, right? right. Like, I'm going to prepare her and say, hey, can we talk about this later? I'm not going to say, boom. And she has nothing, she's like, ah, yeah. right? Like, be strategic. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and don't let the devil have a foothold when you go to sleep. Yeah. Like, not duke it out, but talk about it. Get it, get it out of your system, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's all I have. So good. Yeah, I think uh, another thing, when you're in, if you're arguing or anything, it's, it, your emotions can get riled up, and you can, if you don't see that and notice that, you can say things that you, wouldn't normally say That's so right. I think emotional intelligence understanding that you're not thinking clearly when you're getting in your emotions and then we use Google a lot if we're arguing you know we just Google the answer now so, so that's easy um, yes we do use Google um, when we were first married though I can remember we had been married just a few months and we had our first big fight and we're arguing and I'm thinking you know, this is going good. I'm making my points. I'm arguing with him. I'm telling him how I feel. And all of a sudden, he leaves. And I walk out of the room, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, his car's not outside? Like, he totally left. And so we had to have conversations about what we both felt like was respectful, um, like a respectful way to fight fair. And in his defense, he came back, you know. But Obviously. <laughs> that was... The emotional part, but not the intelligence part. So, you know, I was trying to get out of the situation before I did anything bad, but that what realized that wasn't the best thing to do at the time. So, well, you're a man. You want to fly. You want to flee the scene, or is that what it is? You got to get out of there. But I think too that you just you never call names. I mean, you know, never use names, D word names, and also don't women recall everything. Can I say that again? Women have recall of everything you ever did in your life. You've got to get to the point where you don't recall every, every fight that you've ever had. We've gotten 
pretty good about that one, but we used to recall all that. She never forgets anything. I mean, elephant brain. But don't, I didn't mean that. Elephants don't forget stuff, right? I didn't call you an elephant. No, you're fine. Let's go. And, And again, never lock the door. So if you, I'm not going to tell that story, but never, ever lock the door because it, it, it can cost you $200. Go back. There's some people that may not have heard that story. So we were fighting and he likes to leave as well. And that doesn't work well with me. I'm a problem solver. Let's solve the daggone problem. Okay. Um, and he went in the room and he locked the door and I said, unlock the door. Nope by the hair much. And, <laughs> and I was like, unlock the door. And he didn't. Now, this was, mu- this was a while ago. I, we both have grown since then. He did not unlock the door, so I took my foot and I went, and I knocked the door in. It cost him $200 to replace, and it wasn't good. Thank you, I would Bobby, not for not asking th- any questions when you <laughs> replaced it. <laughs> um, but... I think the way to fight fair is to communicate and grow. So last time we didn't fight very well. When you're not in fight mode, talk about how you can get better the next time. Um, and, And don't leave it at that. You know, don't let one fight ruin everything. Communicate, talk about what you've learned, and move on. Get better. Don't get bitter, get better. So um, everyone says that God hates divorce, and the Bible says that if you divorce and you remarry, that it's committing adultery. It says that in Matthew 5.32. But what do you do if you have gotten a divorce and you feel ashamed about it, and how do you move forward in redemption? So we're the only two divorced people up on the platform today. So I'm, I'm going to um, ask you, but I'm going to ask you to answer that question first. Uh, first and foremost, we just, we know that nobody's perfect, right? Yeah. We're all going to make mistakes. And there are things that you regret that you could have done, could have, would have, should have, the enemy's big yeah. stronghold. He's always talking to you about that. But I think that we, you know, in that there's also reasons for divorce that are, that can be biblical too, you know, but I think it's a, a lot of it is just you have to forgive yourself for what you what's what's happened in the past. You just have to let it go, and that's hard to do sometimes because there's abuse. Sometimes there's things that happen, but I think most of the time you just have to let it go and understand that God is a God of redemption. Hey, listen, God is a God of the do-over. He gives you mulligans. Aren't you glad for that? Any golfers out there? Aren't you glad that God is the person that always is there for you? So I think, I think you can forgive yourself. It just takes some time sometimes. Yeah, and I, I know that some people get divorced just because it's convenient and I don't love you anymore and so on and so forth. And there's mercy and grace for that too. That's why Jesus went to the cross, to cover every sin. He put them all on his back and got nailed to the cross so that we could live in freedom. Now, divorce is not get out of jail free card. It's not the thing that we go to, but it is something that I don't want anybody walking around in shame. I I, I know when um, I got divorced, I didn't want anybody to know. Because shame was on me. 
And I didn't, I was just like, oh, I'll pretend that, I, I mean, this is my kid's dad. And it wasn't. Uh, but it was a lie that the enemy had told me that because I had gone through something painful that I needed to hide from that and be somebody that I wasn't. Now, I, I, I mean, I'll tell you, I, you've heard my testimony. I've been married four times. This one's sticking. Till death do us part. And it's learning from each one. And really, it was learning about myself. I was a codependent person. So if you feel that in the room, I want to pray with you today, where I was so insecure that I needed someone else. Whether it be a friend, whether it be a man, whether it be anything, I needed someone with me. I didn't like me, so I needed somebody to complete me, and I never allowed Jesus to do that. Let me say this, too, that um, right now, we shouldn't be sitting on this platform according to what people think. They've been divorced, they've been this, they've been that. But I'm gonna tell you that God qualifies you and you're not disqualified. Just because you've made mistakes, just because the, there, there are things that's happened in your life, that's what God, she said, that's what he went to the cross for yeah. is, to, is to cancel out all of that stuff. So I just wanna let you know in here that you are qualified. If you've been through divorce, hey, you're, you're still qualified to, to serve and to be who God's called you to be. Um, I would say, yeah, just to build on what Mindy said, Jesus took our shame to the cross with him. So it was nailed to the cross. I think also forgiving yourself, as Pastor Rich said. But, yeah, God hates divorce. He hates sin, but he doesn't hate the person who was divorced. Amen. He doesn't hate the divorcee. So he, he hates sin. He doesn't hate the sinner. So you have to let go of that because God's already let go of that. Yeah. Um, I think it's no matter what you're dealing with, when you feel that shame, God will reveal his incredible love to you if you will ask him. Mm -hmm. And he loves you more than you could ever even imagine. And when you have a revelation for that love that he has for you, when you realize that when he looks at you, he doesn't see divorce. He doesn't see whatever Amen. the sin is. He yeah. sees Christ in you. And when you realize that, it will change how you feel about yourself. So and it will lead to that forgiveness that you need to have for yourself. Yeah. And I just want to add one other thing. If um, you are a divorced parent or you're going through a divorce and you have children, my parents got divorced when I was eight. And I just want to encourage those parents to have your adult conversations away from your children and to protect your child and your, or your children. And also, if you have anything negative to say or you're feeling anything, remember not to put that on your child or your children, to keep that as an adult conversation and just protect them. So good. So good. Well, there are three main reasons that people get divorced. Sex, money, and communication. And they all stem back to communication. I know that in order to have the healthiest marriage, God has to be at the center. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. 
We are located at 7209 Fagenbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.